Over the past couple of years, celebrities from Hollywood to Washington have been accused of sexual assault. We've seen allegations against movie mogul Harvey Weinstein, uh, Bill Cosby, Senator Al Franken, President Trump, the list goes on. Uh, sexual abuse is wrong, make no mistake. For a man to take advantage of his position of power to sexually assault a woman is wrong. But is patriarchy to blame? Stay with us, because today we're going to confront this notion head on. This is TW Now. I'd like to introduce our guests for today. Today we have with us Dr. Scott Winnale. Greetings. Uh, Dr. Winnale has written and taught on the topic of healthy families, including a, an article titled The Importance of Fathers. Uh, and also Mr. Rod McNair who is a Tomorrow's World presenter, and he is the author also in our publications of an article titled Fatherless Families. So we're glad to have you gentlemen with us here today. Thank you. Here. By the way, I should, I should remind everyone that if you have the opportunity, if you'd like to, please go ahead and like us, subscribe to us, and most importantly, listen and, and watch. So again, thank you for being with us here today. Uh, the groundswell of anger towards uh, these powerful men who have been accused of, a, of abuse has found a banner in this uh, Me Too hashtag and the Twitter language. Uh, the banner has led to a campaign and, and even other monikers like Time's Up. That's a recent one I've just uh, stumbled across in this campaign as well. Uh, but I'd like to read some headlines to you gentlemen and, and get your response. Here's one. The Me Too campaign is an important step in ending patriarchy, but it cannot work alone. Very, very strident words. Another one, the patriarchy strikes back. And, and a subtitle with that one is, why the backlash to the Me Too movement is so depressingly familiar. Here's, here's another one, Me Too, is this the beginning of the end of patriarchy? Another one, Me Too and challenging the patriarchy. And last then, why the Me Too movement is just the beginning of a necessary cultural shift. And here, here's a quote, how do we begin a bigger conversation about patriarchal masculinity that teaches boys early on that their greatest power is demonstrated in domination, wealth, invulnerability, access to women, and aggression? So does the root cause of sexual abuse of women by powerful men go back to patriarchy? Uh, Dr. Winnell, would you comment first? Well, I <coughs> It's a really good question. I think it's interesting to ponder. I think what is going on, as you've mentioned, is, is wrong. It shouldn't happen. Is this possibly an overgeneralization to all of men uh, when it's a few, a few, relatively speaking, high-profile individuals who've done some really bad things? Uh, but is it, is it really patriarchy? And do we really know what patriarchy is? Or has the concept even be co been co-opted? What, what is, maybe you could comment, Mr. McNair, what, what is patriarchy? What are we talking mm. about here? Let's define some terms. Yeah, patriarchy um, in its root is talking about fatherhood. It's talking about the, the fatherly role, uh, whether it's leadership of a family or a, a clan or a tribe. So, I mean, that's where the word comes from. What I find interesting, as Dr. Winnell mentioned, uh, what it, where is the paintbrush uh, going? What generalization is being made here? Uh, it is, are these articles really talking about an honest discussion about the problem, the issue, uh, how to fix the problem, 
or is it almost a foreordained conclusion that patriarchy is wrong? For example, the one you mentioned, the patriarchy strikes back. You know, any of us who uh, have watched Star Wars movies uh, sort of get the point there. The evil the, empire is absolutely. coming. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the empire. Uh, that's definitely the message that is conveyed by some of these. And instead of an honest, open, let's get all the facts on the table, let's figure out what is going wrong, and let's fix it. So why would the connection be made? Why, why, is, why is this even a, a headline or two or five? Well, the, the idea of patriarchy, I think, in the common vernacular has a different meaning than it does in the dictionary. Um, it's come to be sort of a male-dominated uh, workplace. But when you think about it, patriarchy really, it does. It harkens back to the father, fatherhood, fathers passing things on to their sons. My question is, how many of these individuals had active fathers in their lives passing on good values? Mm -hmm. Or is it, is, it, is it a failure of the system of patriarchy, or is it a failure of certain fathers to pass on values and right things to their boys? So, right. uh, you're not, no, are you, does that give them an excuse? Let me ask that. Does that give them an excuse mm. to conduct themselves in this way? I, I, is that? Absolutely not. I mean, again, what we're talking about is, uh, well, we're going to use an old-fashioned word on this program, and it's called sin. And that's not something that a lot of people uh, like or a lot of people are even familiar with these days. But the problem ultimately is, is sin. It's not patriarchy. You know, it, it's like saying that uh, because, you know, we, 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 we appreciate the, the work that the policemen do. Uh, we appreciate the fact they, they protect us, they take care of us, uh, crime in our neighborhoods. But once in a while, you have bad policemen. You have policemen who do bad things. Uh, but we don't, we don't call all of them, we don't consider all of them bad. There are good policemen and there are bad policemen. There are good men, there are bad men. There are good fathers, there are bad fathers. And that, I think that's where we really have to uh, uh, frame the discussion. So, so let me come back to this. Why is patriarchy being blamed? Why is patriarchy being blamed for this, this problem of sexual abuse then? Is there any uh, possible connection? Well, I think the, missing something the clearest reason is because men are the majority perpetrators in these, in these wrong situations. I think you see patriarchy, and you also see this concept of misogyny put right next to it. Uh, misogyny being basically w hatred of women, uh, detesting women, the, the total devaluation of women. And, you know, from a woman's perspective, what's going on here is an awful thing. I, I can't understand why a woman wouldn't feel devalued and, and feel hated because of an action like this. However, if you interview the men who are perpetrating these sins, if you will, uh, and there are crimes, uh, when, you, when you look at the men, most of them aren't going to say, I hate women, or I'm, I'm doing this because I hate women and I'm trying to suppress women. So I, there's, there's a bit of a misunderstanding here as well. I think, too, uh, when we talk about where is this coming from, where, there, there is a, and again, we're coming from a, a, a specific uh, perspective on this program, and that is that we believe the Bible is the basis for understanding, for, for true values, and there clearly is a spirit who is against 
the authority of the ultimate father, uh, our father in heaven. And so, and in a long, long time ago, he rebelled against that father. And certainly the message that he even uh, has portrayed to those who, who get in line with his thinking is uh, you can't trust leadership. You can't trust the, 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 our father who, who is portrayed in the Bible as a, as, as a father, and we, we recognize him as such. Uh, you can't trust him. Do, do, is, it, is the distrust warranted? I mean, has patriarchy, as it's defined, um, has it been the cause of abuse of women uh, throughout history or even, or even today? I mean, is there any... I mean, is it just being used as a scapegoat, or is there some grain of truth, or how do we parse out what's what here? Yeah, I would say absolutely. Um, there are people who have, men, who have made mistakes over the years. And unfortunately, it's typically the, the, the people who are in the forefront who give a black eye to everything else that goes on. You know, it's interesting. Hannah Rosen, in 2012, wrote a book called The End of Men. Um, she is a self-proclaimed feminist, not just a feminist, an elite feminist. She, she says she's one of the top dogs, if you will, in pushing the feminist agenda. Um, she, she wrote this book and many of her contemporary feminists didn't like what she had to say because she turned on its head the concept of the glass ceiling, the idea that women have been suppressed by, or are being suppressed by the uh, work environment. In fact, the data that she pointed out in the book basically shows that the glass ceiling was crashed through a long time ago. Uh, women are actually in the majority in the workforce today. And in fact, when we look at CEOs, the number of CEOs over the last dozen years has been growing exponentially for women and not for men. But in, in uh, some of her writing, she makes the observation. In fact, I've got an article here that was in uh, Slate in 2013 and she says you know what after all if the most obnoxious members of the patriarchy can be brought down by a few tweets how powerful can they really be and she may be a staunch feminist and really pushing for protection of women and women's rights and equality for women but she's also probably one of the more honest writers on the feminist topic and here she's pointing out wait a second if we're going to be honest with everything is it really patriarchy that's pushing this? And she uses that also later on in the article. And basically she's saying, no, patriarchy as, as is made out by the feminist movement may not really exist anymore. It, there's something else going on here. You know, I, I think one of the things, maybe our audience feels this a little bit, is uh, maybe a little bit of, of a sensitivity towards, uh, because we're, we're fathers, um, that actually, uh, you're my brother, so, so we both... We had the same father. And we had the same father. Right. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's amazing how that works. And we had the same mother as well. That's right. This is, is, is quite something. Uh, remarkable how that works. So, with that in mind, um, and uh, Dr. Scott Winnell, you have children as well. We're, we're fathers. And so per, maybe uh, you know, we're sensitized to this because we believe in the value of a, of a good father. And um, this can be, at least it certainly makes me, a little bit agitated to uh, have the abuse of, of women uh, uh, ascribed to someone who is uh, to, to a role that is supposed to protect. Right. And so I have to say, you know, 
to me, it's hard not to become number one uh, incensed towards any uh, man who would perpetrate this type of thing. Absolutely, because we do have daughters and we're married to wives. We would never want something like this to happen to these people we value so much. Right. And also, I would say, not to be, uh, have my role to be able to help lead and protect and care for my wife and daughters and family to be undermined, uh, you know, so um, right. it's, a, it's a, I guess this particular topic cuts close to home to, to all of us. That being said, admittedly, I think we're not in a situation where we've had to endure um, abuse right. like this, right. granted, right. and uh, we have to be certainly sensitive to that. Um, why, thankfully. And, and I think you're absolutely right that, again, as, as has been stated, there, there have been certainly cases down through history, uh, not just today, but through history, where uh, men have done things that are not good uh, toward women, their wives, uh, other women, their daughters, and, and by no means are we even coming anyway justifying that. But at the same time, um, you know, we had a good example of a father. Uh, you know, you had a good example of a father. We've tried to be a good example of a father. So clearly, we can't paint this brush to cover everyone or certainly the institution because not, that has not been everyone's experience, which is the, the you know, the, the, it's a, it, it's, it doesn't follow. So, so, okay, so let's take this now to the other side then, and let's try to take it in a positive direction and, and learn from this. Um, you've both written and now talked about uh, patriarchy and, and fatherhood, okay, uh, uh, the leadership of a father within a, a home, a clan. Um, and this is all good in theory, but in our modern world, with all the stresses on family and the demands and the way families are being uh, pulled apart, and, and fathers, does patriarchy or, or godly fatherhood have a place? While you're thinking about that for a moment, let me go ahead and do a quick uh, station break and uh, remind everyone that if you're listening and you think this is worthwhile, please go ahead and like us or subscribe to the channel. We'd love to have you with us. Uh, on additional programs as well. So, so back to the, the discussion here. Um, you've written on this. Does patriarchy, godly fatherhood, have a, a place? And I'm going to look at uh, first uh, Dr. Winnell. You wrote in an article, a recent study reports children of confident fathers who embrace parenthood are less likely to show behavioral problems before their teenage years. A man's attitudes towards fatherhood soon after his child's birth as well as his feelings of security as a father and partner are more important than his involvement in child care and household chores when it came to influencing a child's later behavior. So what are, you, what are you saying here in terms of what a father can do for his children? <clears throat> okay, that's quoting from a, an article in The Guardian a couple of years ago. Basically what that's saying is the father being there, the father being around, the father being engaged with his family, uh, the father, father being cognizant of his own role, that in of itself has a powerful influence and impact on his kids. That's, that's not saying that his engagement and his playing with and spending time with his kids isn't important, but this whole idea of I am the dad and I've got a role and a responsibility and I need to be there for my family is super critical. And, so, and it does have an impact. So let's say... Um, 
I don't want to put words in your mouth, but part of the solution for wrong behavior of adults comes from parenting and specifically from fathering. Is that what you say? Yeah, I, the, the question is if kids, well, the, when kids grow up to be adults, and we, we as adults all have some type of a value system, what's important to us, where does that value system come from? If, if it's not coming from parents, mothers and fathers, where is it coming from? It's going to be foisted upon our kids from the outside. And that's part of the problem with this patriarchy argument. It doesn't take into consideration where the value systems are coming from. Is it really the boss that's teaching my son, the boss at this firm that's teaching my son who's not even in the workforce yet? No, he's learning those values somewhere else before he gets into the workforce. Okay, let's, let's comment on uh, Mr. McNair's article here. Uh, fatherless families from uh, tomorrow's world here. Um, let's let's uh, read a quote. As we approach this day when we honor fathers, it was uh, before the Father's Day, should, we should ask, what is the state of fatherhood and does it have real significance in society today? And then, well, let, let me just ask you about that first. Could you... Could you expand on that? Yeah, first of all, <clears throat> I think the, um, the whole article and, and a lot of uh, what we've seen just in the news over the last few years is clearly that um, uh, fatherhood as a role has taken a beating, um, even just as far as uh, having fathers in the home, much less fathers uh, who, who are there and who are distant and aloof and not involved. Many fathers are not even there. Uh, because of the broken homes, because of divorce, etc. And so there's a lot of research that shows that this is, this is wreaking havoc on our, on our families. Uh, you know, just one, uh, one example, we talked about, you know, is there, is there a real difference between fathers, the, the role of fatherhood, and just men in, in, in general. Uh, we, we, we look at uh, the uh, sexual... Uh, crimes against children in the home. You know that boyfriends and ex-husbands are six times more likely to perpetrate uh, a sexual assault on their own children than a, than a husband, than someone who is in a committed marriage relationship in the home. I mean, clearly this shows that, that those who have committed to this role uh, have, have a more vested interest in their children, in their family, in making it work, in helping to, to it for to be a healthy, growing situation. Okay, uh, but I want to ask you maybe a little more difficult question. If you uh, were f talking with a lady here today, one of the ladies has been abused mm -hmm. by one of these moguls, and um, maybe, you know, in that situation, um, Perhaps you might tell them, well, do you realize this person was, uh, didn't have a good example in his home, so therefore, um, you know, take it easy on him, even though he abused you. What would you say to someone who is in a situation who had gone through that? What would you, what would you say to him? I mean, we, have, we might have people in the audience today, I dare say we probably do, have people in the audience today who have been a victim of this type of abuse and uh, who, uh, that's the first thing going through their mind. Easy for you to talk about fatherhood and everything, but what about me? How, how do I deal with this? What would, what would you say to someone in that situation? Well, I think obviously anyone who's been treated this way has been treated wrongly. 
Uh, men should not treat women that way. Men should not treat men that way. Women should not treat men that way. The hashtag goes both ways, and we've even seen that in the press recently, where men are using the hashtag too. Um, using a power position to get what you want is just wrong. And we've got to come back to what Mr. McNair was talking about. You know, we, we actually do believe in moral absolutes. We believe there's got to be some kind of backbone for right and wrong. And that's part of the problem today, isn't it? What is the, what, what is the moral foundation for behavior today? When we tell people, go ahead and have sex with whoever you want, whenever you want, do whatever you want to do. When we nail the Ten Commandments to the cross and say, oh, they're no longer valid anymore because Christ filled them up, what do we leave people to do when, the, when media in Hollywood is showing us that we can do all kinds of things? Are we really surprised when men act like this? Does it validate what they do? Absolutely not. But are we surprised? We, we can't have it both ways. And we, I think we have, have to make it clear that women who have been victimized like this have a right to let's say, defend themselves. You know, they, they have a right to not put themselves in a situation that they're going to be uh, mistreated in that way. Mm -hmm. uh, we all, all do. They have a right to human dignity. So what we're talking about, though, is, is okay, so that's one situation, but going forward, how do you solve this problem? Right. You have to solve it with the next generation by teaching by, by having fathers and mothers who understand this concept who can teach boys how to be men. So clearly, if someone is in that situation now, um, that is, that's very, very difficult, and they need to work through that. But we're talking about where, where do we go? Where does this end? Where does the cycle end? Yeah, that's okay. right. So, so here, here's a question then. Um, let, let's think about how women figure into the discussion in, in that way. So, um, we're, the, a situation where a woman is abused sexually by a man, and we're, we're framing it that way primarily today. And as you said, it could be the other way around. But we're primarily framing it as a woman who is sexually abused by, by, by a man, which is demeaning, and, and, and uh, that's, as we've said, is certainly the case. Um, does it, is it not also demeaning for a woman to, within a family, to uh, uh, follow what we believe is a biblical model to look to her husband as a leader and the head of the home. Is that not also demeaning? Not at all. Not at all. If we, again, if we go back to the Bible, if we look at, and so many of these problems are stemming from, as Dr. Winnell mentioned, uh, we have cast off any instruction from the scripture. Because what does Scripture say? It tells fathers to honor their wives, to give them honor, to hold them in high esteem. It tells the men to, to cherish them, to love them as they love their own body. So if we really go back to the source, if we really go back to the Bible as our code of conduct, then this goes away. It, the problem is not the institution. problem is not the Bible. The problem is we have sin. Uh, that has to be dealt with. But the code and the way that's, that's written out, 
that is the solution to the problem. Yeah, and God's very clear as well, <clears throat> even going back to the, the concepts of sexual assault. You read what God had to say about sexual assault in the book of Leviticus, for example, and he did not mince words about what was going to happen to the perpetrator. God is really a promoter of protection right. of women. Uh, not subjugation of women. In fact, one of the articles I was reading by one of these uh, prominent feminists was just making the comment, you know, some women really would like to have someone take a monkey off their back from time to time so they don't have to feel like they're the only breadwinner in the family and responsible for everything, and that maybe someone would help take care of them a little bit some of the time. Okay, let's, let, we just have about uh, five, five or six minutes left. So let's, let's bring this into a very practical uh, line of thinking in terms of even your own family. You, you both have daughters. I have daughters. And uh, w certainly when we read this type of, of thing in the news and we, we think about what can potentially happen to our daughters or a wife, um, it's, it's frightening. Uh, it's concerning. So let's, let's take it into a very practical uh, line of thinking. What advice do you have for our audience um, that you would give to your daughters in terms of trying to avoid a situation like has happened to these, to these women? What, what advice would you give them? Uh, you know, um, here's one, one piece of advice. 2 Timothy chapter 3, what, verses 1 through 5, talk about, Paul talks about, all of the things that are going to be increasing at the end. It says how men will be lovers of money, lovers of themselves, boasters, proud, blasphemies, etc. The whole list. Um, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. What is the last thing he says? From such people turn away. Who do we hang around with? Who do we hang out with? Who, who are the people that we have become? What we would teach our, and what we do teach our girls is you've got to be careful about who you associate with. You know, if you find people that have a way of life that is contrary to what God says, that we need to be careful not to put ourselves in a compromising situation of being around people whose behavior is bad. That's what Paul said. You know, I feel like... In, in so many ways, society has failed our kids. Uh, I think most parents really do care about their kids. They, they, mm -hmm. they want the best for their kids. Yet, at the same time, through circumstances, what, we're so busy, we, we don't have time to deal with them. We, we are taken in so many directions, we don't take the time to really teach them. I wouldn't, frankly, tell my daughter anything I wouldn't tell my son. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. Mr. Billy Graham, Reverend Billy Graham just mm -hmm. died, and he's known for a number of things, but one of the things he's known for is sort of the Billy Graham rule on male-female interaction, and the whole idea that you don't allow yourself to be in a private, unsupervised setting with someone of the opposite sex alone, unless it's your mate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I would tell my son, I teach my son, you don't do this. You don't allow yourself to get in a situation like this, so you don't make yourself vulnerable to falling into something, and you don't make a woman vulnerable. But my daughter has to learn the exact same thing. Right. You don't allow yourself to get into a situation like this. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if some boss says, can you come up to my room, I need to have a meeting, you just say, I'm not comfortable. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And those three words today actually have a, have a powerful meaning, and, and people aren't going to push that envelope. Now, uh, we have a you vice know. president who has right. actually recently, well, a while back, was accused for being a prude for having some of those same guidelines, but it uh, seems like now he's pretty smart, doesn't it? Well, he's, right. he's not going to ever have to face a charge like this if he holds to that. The charge can't happen. You know what else? I think a big part of it is just having a close relationship with our daughters. Mm. And where does that lead? You know, there's a a writer, uh, Meg Mm. Meeker, talks about how um, uh, she wrote the book Strong Daughters, uh, Strong Fathers. Mm. She talks about how... Here you go. uh, Actually, uh, here, I'll tell you what, put it in the camera. She talked about in this book, one of the stories, she talked about her dad. And she said, you know, when she was a young, uh, you know, older teens, a young woman, um, her dad basically would, would, would sort of protect and guard her from getting into situations that would, would be putting her in compromising positions. She didn't like it. She <laughs> didn't like it at the time, but she was close enough to her dad that, that she, she complied, she, she, she respected him, and it was only in later when she understood what he was doing and how much she appreciated it. So I think even just having, trying to be close to our children so that even if they don't like it at the time when we do maybe discourage them in going down a certain path or having a certain relationship with a person, maybe they'll be close enough to be receptive to what we're saying. Mm -hmm. Later on, they'll appreciate it. Last comments, just to wrap it up. Each each of you get... uh... 30 seconds. Well, I think it'd be great to do a program on fatherhood. What's interesting is there is a tremendous amount of credible research on the benefits of engaged fathers to daughters and to sons. What's interesting, though, is the popular press doesn't show you that research for whatever reasons, for whatever agendas are there. They're not showing that if you're a father, there's, if, if you've got a present father, here's a list of 20 different benefits to your daughter now and when she's an adult, into your son now and when he's an adult. So I think being aware of the benefits, God says it's a good thing, science backs God up. I think being a father is, is just about the, 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 the most incredible, uh, exhilarating role that a man could possibly have, where he is actually given the care um, and, and, and given the responsibility to take care of children, to also be a provider and protector of his wife, I think it elevates a man to, to be, be something more, to become something more. And I find it uh, to be an exhilarating and challenging thing in my life. And, and I think the, the more we can get that message out to other men, to young men, hold this up as a, as a model, as a, something to, to, be, to strive for and reach for, um, the better off we're going to be, our families are going to be, they're going to be, society is going to be. So we've taken, I think over the last uh, 30 minutes here, we've taken uh, a look at this Me Too movement and what it's really identifying is, is the sexual abuse by these men in power. And we're going from uh, patriarchy or fatherhood. Patriarchy is an old-fashioned word for fatherhood in a sense, from being the, the scapegoat to really something that the, the ultimate father, God the Father, uh, designed and uh, as, we have instruction, as, a, as a solution for the problem yeah. properly carried out. Um, 
We do have, I'll just mention this, we do have a booklet that we publish. It's called Successful Parenting God's Way. And um, as you mentioned, perhaps this could be a topic for further programs. I also say motherhood. You know, what mm -hmm. do mothers have to, uh, in terms of giving their children more than just bearing them, but how important motherhood is in the family? Mm -hmm. um, I, would, I would actually recommend to our audience, um, if you have an interest in more programs on fatherhood or motherhood or the family, um, go ahead and, and put a note in our, on our Facebook uh, or on the YouTube messages. Just include that, and uh, we'll do our best to try to uh, slice and dice this topic into, all, into, into uh, finer parts that we can analyze and, and hopefully bring something of value to, to our audience from the Word of God. So thank you very much for being with us. We've reached the end of our time here today. Uh, if, again, you're interested in what we have to offer, what we've been talking about, I want to thank our guests. Excuse me, one last second. Thank you to Mr. McNair and to Dr. Winnale. Thank Glad you for be being here. with us here. Yep. And, uh, again, like or subscribe, and most importantly, listen and watch, and we will see you next week. Thanks for being with us.